Hello, friends, and welcome to the All-American Outdoor Podcast. We're back with another episode for you this week. This week on the show, I'm joined by my co-host, Tyler Kingery, and we're here to break down a Boundary Waters canoe trip. So we hope you'll join us and learn a little something along with us this week. Awesome. All right. Hey guys, welcome to the show. I'm here with Tyler, my editing co-host, the man who does all the work behind the scenes. Not all the work. Well, oh. a lot of. We, we, yeah. we share. We share. Anyway, so I am hopefully going to be going on a Boundary Waters canoe trip this summer. We are looking at the second week or third week of July. Okay. Um, and I'm hoping that you can kind of help me think through just different aspects of trip planning, uh, what I need to be looking out for, um, the permit system, and everything in between, because Tyler has been on, what, four? Two. Two, two trips. Two trips. Not, uh, not too many. Pretty much self-planned, though, right? Yeah. You've, well, you've done it all. Yeah, we we are the uh, definitely the type that will do all the research ourselves just because that's what we enjoy. That's part of the... It's and, all the fun. Yeah, that's part of the enjoyment out of the trip. So uh, there, but there's two ways you could go about it. You could go through a outfitter, and you know, just kind of give them, hey, this is all the equipment that I have. This is the gear that I have. This is um, what I'm looking to do or what I want to get out of the trip, and then they can kind of guide you from there. Or you can just do it yourself. Mm. Which, yes, I, I love the do it yourself route. Yeah. So I guess for the listeners that don't know what the Boundary Waters Canoe Area is. Could you tell us a little bit about what it is, where it's at, and any other fun trivia? So the Boundary Waters is basically a, a wilderness area up on the Minnesota-Canadian border. Um, it's in Superior National Forest. Uh, it's about probably about a little over a, a million acres, something like that. Um, it actually goes into Canada, uh, the Canadian side of it is called Quetico. Uh, Quetico is an area that we definitely, my wife and I definitely want to try to get into. Um, yeah, that sounds sweet. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot different. And you can actually cross the border, but you have to get different permits for that. We haven't really researched all of that. but So you can go, you can, you can cross the border into Canada and go into the Quetico side. Uh, what's interesting about the Quetico side is that there's no um, deter- <clears throat> like predetermined camping spots. Okay. So, whereas on the U.S. side, um, there there are actual campsites. So if planned you, campsites. Planned campsites. Like you've got to stay there. Right. right. So you can't just stay wherever you want to. Right. Um, essentially, each each one of those spots has like it. Um, typically, they'll have like a a little toilet or you know whatever you like want a latrine to call it. or something. Yeah. Right. Um, that you can you know, but they, it's they're planned so. So each lake will have, you know, a set amount of places that you can camp. Right. Some lakes will have one campsite. Some lakes will have five or or more, depending on the size of the lake. Um, So that's, but with up up in Quetico, you can go anywhere you want to. So you find a good site, you can. Just haul up and camp right there. Yep, pretty much. Um, So the biggest thing about the Boundary Waters is that it is. Uh, the more you read read into it, it it's about 
being in nature and being um, becoming part of that yeah. whole scene. You don't want to be, you know, they're like, you know, if you have tents, you kind of want to be back off the water a little bit to where, you know, it, it feels to, I guess they're wanting to try to keep that remoteness feel yeah. to where like when you get in there, you don't feel like You've you been feel yeah. in civilization. Or exactly. something. I you, think that's probably like the most like attractive thing to me is it's one of the most like raw untouched wilderness yeah. areas left in the world. Right. I mean, it's, yeah. it's wild. It's, it's pretty awesome. I mean, and the majority of it is canoe only. Footprints of Maxwell. Yep. So uh, most of it is canoe only. Uh, there are some lakes that uh, have motor on it. Uh, yeah. So I think that's that's probably one of the most attractive things for me. I love canoeing, and we kind of share this bond together. Is that canoeing is just a whole uh, different level of peacefulness. You feel like you're a part of nature. Right. You know, you're 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 just there. Right. And I, it seems like. For me, I can get a lot closer to wildlife or different, even apart from like when I'm hiking, just being in a canoe on the water makes you that much uh, more a part of the ecosystem per se. I don't know how you feel about that. Oh, no, very much so. It's, uh, we never experienced it, but you know, there, I've read stories about people that, I mean, you're right there on the water there. You're close to the water. You're so if you encounter any kind of, wildlife it, it's right there it, yeah. it, there's no i mean uh, there there are bear up there there are moose there are uh it's one of the large largest uh timber wolf populations in that area yeah so it's uh very prevalent i mean in that whole area i mean it's it's wild it's a wild place um and so yeah i, I love the re- remoteness and you know you want to kind of respect that for everybody else right to where you don't want to be loud and uh, obnoxious, ob- obnoxious. Or, yeah. yeah, I mean, to an extent, it, it, you're you're in the middle of nowhere, and it's you can have some fun. It's not like you have to be yeah. quiet or anything like that. But, um, but yeah, no. So it's it's on it straddles the border. Actually, actually, the I think the million acre is just the the U.S. side. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the whole Quetico side, and then the whole Quetico side. And so if you I, I once read somewhere, and I don't—I didn't get the statistic, but if you if you add Quetico and the Boundary Waters together, it's basically the size of Yellowstone, or or, oh, wow. or bigger than Yellowstone. Wow! So to give you a size, that's a, comparison, that's a serious piece of acreage there. Yeah, so it's it's really big, and the Quetico side's even more untouched than the U.S. side, from what I from what I hear. It's like yeah, crazy. Right? Yeah, it's definitely you can you can get lost up there. Yes, very much, very easily. I mean, uh, I, I will say that's. Um, you know, I think that was one of my biggest worries going into it was like, what if we get lost or yeah. something like that? And I, I I didn't find it that hard to find my way. Right. Um, or our way, I guess, as we were going through. It's basically you, you have a lot of a lot of portages and stuff like right. that. Now, we did a trip to where we went in one entry point and then we and did came a, out a, another. Yeah, we came out another. Okay. But the nice thing about the boundary waters is you can do whatever you want. You can go in the entry point uh, and come out the same entry point. Yeah. So you can, but at one point in time, you're going to be going upstream down a river right. or something like that. Cause a lot of the entry points are on a river. Right. Um, yeah. So, um, you have that aspect to think about, you know, for sure throughout, but either way, I think 
on our loop, we, we were going upstream at some point anyway. So, right. Right. It, it's kind of inevitable right. that you're just gonna, you're going to be there and right. you're going to find that spot. So, uh, the biggest thing I would say is we, we, there was two books. Let me see if I can find it here. Yeah. You gave them to me at one point. Yes. Um, and they're just, it's a volume one, volume two. Uh, and one of them, it's a big enough region where it's an Eastern region and a Western region. Yeah. And so uh, it's just finding it. There's two main cities that you're going to come out of either come out of like Ely. Yep. Or, um, is see. it Duluth? No, it's not Duluth. Uh, Grand Marais. I gotcha. Is, yep. Which is up further. Right. It's, it's on the coast of Superior, but it's up past sure. Duluth. Um, so those are the two big where like a lot of your outfitters and stuff like that are. Right. I would suggest if you're going to, you know, so if you're going to go, go through an outfitter at least to get like your canoe. Right. I mean, we had all of our own, we had our own tents, we had our own sleeping bags, we had all of our own gear besides the canoe. The canoe is, the canoes that you get up there are, are Kevlar canoes. Mm -hmm. And what so what's the difference between i guess for the audience what's the difference between your normal like let me go down the river and bass fish canoe right. versus this portage canoe right. basically so your typical canoes that you're going to like around here in indiana if you go to like canoe country or someplace like that you're going to basically be getting a like an old town to where the old town canoes are it's like a it's like a poly canoe that a 17 and a half foot like a fiberglass or something like that um it's not i don't even know if it's a fiberglass it's a it's like a poly resin okay um canoe and most of the like a 17 and a half foot like the one i have uh it's you're looking at i think i i officially on the website it was like 98 pounds so that's a that is a bear right so you know it's it's pretty heavy to the yeah. portage to have to take one place to another the canoe, uh, the Kevlar canoes that you get there, yep. um, you're looking at anywhere between, it depends on the length and the exact brand that you get. Right. Um, but you, you're looking around 40 pounds. Holy smokes. So ish. It's a lot better I mean? on your back than a lot 100 better. pounds. So, I mean, and there's, so you, the biggest thing is to at least get your canoe through there. Right. Because you don't want to take up one of those canoes or even, I've seen some people take up kayaks. Uh, when you're portaging at least a mile from one from one place to another, that'd be brutal. Trying to carry all of your gear that you're hiking in with you, right? Plus your kayak, um, it's yeah. I don't know. I, I, I saw people do it. Uh, I wouldn't. It didn't no look way. like fun to me. So no way. No. I'm I'm out for that. Um. Okay. Cool. That's a great little intro. Let's talk about um what you need to kind of get started. The first thing is, correct me if I'm wrong, you probably need a permit to do this, right? You do. And uh, so what kind of, what does that permit process entail? How do I go about getting a permit? Uh, yeah. So basically, kind of enlighten me. Basically you need to figure out, so you need to get a permit and right. you can get it. You can get it. Now. Actually, you can't get it right now. Uh, they had to little, wait a few more days or something, right? Yeah. They had a little hiccup on their website. I was looking on there the other day. Uh, typically you can get it pretty early in the year. Right. Um, but something happened. They had a technical difficulty. It looks like January 30th. If you had purchased one, um, it was going to be canceled. Uh, and then 
after February or February 19th or, or sometime after it said that you'll be able to repurchase it. Right. Um, so a lot of people will go get their permits through the uh, outfitter. Okay. Okay. So what happens is you can buy, you can get the permit yourself. Yep. Um, it'll be basically that there's like certain ranger point, uh, like checkpoints that you actually have to go pick up the permit. Right. And you can only pick it up the day of that is good uh, for, or uh, it starts okay. or the day before. Uh, so you can't like have it mailed to you or right. something like that. Um, so a lot of times what you can do is like we went through an outfitter. So they picked up the permits for us yep. and and we ran our canoe through them. So you got the permits when you picked up the canoe from them. Right. Basically. Right. But the permit, so basically you need to figure out what routes that's going to be the biggest thing. Number one is what route you're going to take. What route you're going to take. What do you want to do? Do you want to go in? Which entry points you want to go in right. and come out? That's when you go to get by your, your permits. So you have your permits. They're like, it's kind of confusing. So it's like $6 to reserve the permit. Yep. And then it's at, at a minimum $32 to buy it okay. because it's $16 per like adult. Right. And then it's like $8 per kid. Right. So even if you're going in by yourself, it's a minimum of $32. So it's a minimum gotcha. of two adults. Uh, you can get, so like the first year it was just my wife and I. Yep. The second year it was, um, my wife and I, and then her sister, brother, and her bro- one of her brother's friends went with us. Right. So <clears throat> they, uh, so we weren't sure if we were going to have multiple campsites. Right. But to have multiple campsites, you have to have multiple permits. So uh, okay, because basically that they keep track of. So like each entry point actually only allows so many permits per day. Per day. Okay. So, because that that way they can kind of curtail, like, okay, we know we have this many people out there, yep, and we only have this many camping spots to available available for people. So, um, they can kind of tailor that to right. how busy. So, I think we went in fourteen, I think, or fifteen, I can't remember, and it was only like six per day. Oh wow! Um, and then, but then you go to another a busier place. And it's, uh, you know, it could be up to like 12 or 15 a day or something like that, or even more than that. Right. Uh, It just depends. And so, um, and now on some of the busier sites, like some of the bigger, some of the entry points are on lakes. Right. You can can even have uh, outfitters tow you up the lake Mm -hmm. to get you to, to get you in further. um, Like by boat. By boat. Gotcha. So that, yeah, you know, they'll have the. They'll take you in farther with the with the canoe and everything, and they'll drop you off. And okay. So that, but to answer your question, I guess the first thing before you get a permit, you need to figure out what routes you're going to take. Sure. So how? Okay, so I need to figure out what route I'm going to take. How? How do you go about figuring out? You know, I mean, I, I would assume you think about some things like: Am I sightseeing? Uh, am I here because I want to catch tons of fish? Right. Am I wanting to do a little bit of hiking? Am right. I wanting to do? I don't know. What else? Right. Am I wanting to, to to see nature? You know, am I wanting to encounter a bear? Right. I don't know. Walk walk me through kind of that thought process and in your mind, what are you going to the boundary waters for? Right. Um for a little bit of everything, maybe? For us it was uh it was definitely we wanted to do some fishing. Yep. Um you and I are on the same page. Right. So we definitely wanted to do some fishing. Uh and then we we I guess we just wanted to, we didn't really think much past that. Um, we just kind of wanted to experience the whole, 
what it was like, what the wilderness was like. Right. Um, I mean, I I never once wanted to go hiking, mainly because <laughs> yeah, you have your your portages depending <laughs> you're on you're going to be hiking a you, little bit. Yeah, you're going to be hiking, so you're going to have your time in the woods on your feet. Right. Um, and then it's it's a little. I guess it's just depending on what you want to get out of. If you just want to go in, and I mean, there were there were times where I've I've never seen so many mushrooms in my life. Yeah, different colors and types and varieties, and I I just never seen so many the second the second year we went. Right. Um. So you know, I could see people wanting to go in there just for mushroom hunting, mushroom or, hunting, yeah. or something like that. Or I, I know a lot of people go in there for hunting during the fall and stuff like yep. that. That's a, a lot different. Trip. And I've never really researched much of that because I couldn't imagine trying to portage with trying to move with a deer, with a yeah, with a deer or, or a moose, moose or, or bear or anything like that. Exactly. So, um, yeah. So for us, it was just getting away from civilization, yeah. enjoying the scenery, being on the water, and and having a little bit of time to fish. Yeah. So we didn't want to do just like an intermediate or like a beginner's trip right we wanted uh we wanted something kind of in the middle to where it was a little challenging mm-hmm. but uh and it may have been a little more challenging than we were, what we were expecting but i think it was worth it i mean it's what you want to get out i guess it's what you just really need to think do you want to fish do you want to just see nature do you want to see wildlife because right. there are certain areas where wildlife is more prevalent than others right. and that's i think that's where getting through an outfitter is pretty pretty important because right they they can guide you like well this area would be a really good area to go to see if you wanted to see any kind of chances of wolves or right or anything like that or like a moose or things right. like that exactly that can point you in the right direction for sure right if you don't yeah i uh i think i'm in your boat where I, i'm kind of i like the research process and and all that kind of thing um so i guess my next question is if I'm if I'm looking to do more of a fishing trip, you've done two of these trips already. Right. If you could, would you change your trip at all, or would you go back the same route? Um. So I so we did the same route both times, both okay. years. Uh, mainly because so the first year was definitely a learning experience for us. We yeah. were like eyes were seriously opened oh my gosh yeah i mean we were we were exhausted we were i mean like the getting through the portages um we were just we were beat and we didn't have a a whole lot of time to fish that's the first time which is a bummer it it is a bummer uh and a lot of it is just how we packed because we we did what we what they call like a leapfrog so you get to a portage and so i think our whole trip was like 27 miles okay and I, I can't remember how many of that was portaging and how many of it was on the water. But, you know, you, you go through and you get to one of those long portages. Yep. So it's just the two of you and you've got all of this gear. Right. And so you leapfrog it. So you take half your gear, you go to the halfway point, you yep. drop it, then you walk all the way back to the get rest the of your gear. Get something. the canoe, get the rest of your gear. Yep. And then you go all the way past the gear that you dropped to like the other side. Uh, okay. Drop that, then go back to the halfway point, get the rest of that stuff. So you're basically back. double portaging your gear exactly. and everything. And everything. So the second year that we went, Carly and I went, no, we are not doing, we are not leapfrogging uh, this. We are, we are going to do straight, one full swoop, one full swoop all the way through. 
So we uh, we pack completely different. We got a little bit different gear. Like we got a different backpack. I got yeah. an actual Portage pack. Yeah, that's uh, another thing that I want. I really want to get into the the gear side of things because you and I really see eye to eye on the gear junkie yeah. stuff. So yeah, the so uh, yeah, I geeked out about the gear and stuff like that. So we uh, we got a different backpack system and we we packed a lot lighter. There was a lot more things we didn't take. Yep. Um, so that way we could go straight through. Well, what we didn't really think about though, was the fact that we had three other newbies with us yeah. that had never been on a trip and they packed a little, we tried to help them out as much as we could. They've still packed heavier and trying to get people up and going in a bigger group is always more challenging. Very much so. Than just you and somebody else. Right. You know, so, uh, I, th- that's one thing. If I can say anything, if you can go in a smaller group the first time, go in a smaller group. Yeah. Cause you're going to have more time, uh, to do the things that you want to do. Exactly. Basically. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one thing in the book that we were reading says that, you know, and then, and then I read through the blogs and stuff like that, that we researched. If you can try, try to get to a site by noon. Yeah. Um, set up your site Be done by noon. Yeah. I mean, get done with your, your paddling and your portaging by noon. Yep. And then that way you'll have the rest of the day to go fishing and get back okay. and um, and stuff like that. On the not just because of that, but also because typically all the good sites are gone by that time anyway. Oh wow! So um, that's the one. That's the other thing is you need to have so bwca.com Yep, is a huge resource. Um, you go to that site. And there is just, it is a rabbit hole after rabbit hole to go down of endless information of experiences and stuff like that. But one nice thing about it is you can go on, if you find a route that you like, you can actually go on um, there. And I, 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 it's been a while since I've done it, so I'd have to go back in and revisit it. But you can visit like on the map yep. each lake and people take pictures while they're out there. A lot of pictures and stuff right. like that. You can go see what, uh, the view looks like from each basically campsite okay. uh, what, what the campsite looks like. So you're going to be like, I want to try to get that one. Try to get at this campsite. Right. And there's no guarantee that you're going to get that because exactly. there might be 10 other people that are clamoring for that campsite. Exactly. And that's the other thing. And there too. might be somebody camped there for the week. Exactly. Yeah. Because so, a lot of people will do, so like some people go in one, uh, you know, one, one entry point, right. they get up to a campsite, they'll set up camp for the week. And then they'll leave all the gear behind and they can go out to all these little outlakes and do day trips and do basically. day trips, yeah. fish and do things like that. fish and hike or explore or whatever they want to do Yeah, and then come back and they don't have to worry about hauling all that gear at all these portages. Gotcha. And then they come back and then they just go right back out the same entry point that you can. Typically on, so, uh, uh, on a trip like that, you're not going to get as far away from the people doing uh, it that way, doing it that way. Right. Because you're only going to have so far, you know, you're only going to get in so far. Whereas if you have a multi-day trip where you like, we got dropped off on Wednesday morning. We didn't get picked up till Saturday afternoon. Okay. So. This is your second trip. Both, both trips. Both trips. So yeah. we'd go in Wednesday. We'd see people on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Typically we didn't see anybody. Um, and then. That's awesome. And then Saturday we would see people either coming in or leaving with us or something like gotcha. that. Gotcha. So. Um, Whereas I think if you go in, I mean, you're not going in very deep. I mean, you might be able to get in pretty far right. on one day and just set up camp. And then, um, you know, it just depends. But I know some people also like kind of the mystery of they don't want to know what the campsite looks like. Right. They want to just explore. And, one. Yeah. And which is fine and dandy and all. But 
some of those campsites are pretty. Uh, it depends on what kind of gear you have. Like if you have a like a hammock setup, yeah, it's going to be a lot different than if you have we we tent camp both times. Right uh, now, one of the second time we went, one of the guys uh, I had made some hammocks myself, and he used one of my hammocks while we were out there. Yeah, and so. You would also have to find a site suitable for a hammock. hanging stuff on trees, right? Right, and there and the trees are everywhere out there. So typically, that's not too bad. But I don't know. There, there were sites, some sites that were like, "Oh man, that'd be perfect for hammock camping because yeah. it was on a slope. And it was like, oh yeah, you know, close to the bank. So it doesn't really matter in a hammock. You're, you know, it doesn't matter right what slope it looks like because you're not have, pitching you're, a tent. Right. You can set it. Right. Uh, whatever height you want. Exactly. So, whereas as for a tent, you know, if it's you don't not, want to be on a slope, no, if it's not a nice level uh, spot, then yeah. you got to keep looking. Right. But I don't know. It's, uh, there's so many, it, this, there's, I feel like there's so many ways you can do a boundary waters trip. It's, yeah. Uh, it's overwhelming at times. So, you, you guys, because I know you, you guys love to fish right. and and fly fishing is kind of a big deal for you guys. Just really any fishing is a big deal for you guys. Right. But, um, so w- when you did this, this trip twice, uh, what kind of fish species are you targeting? You know, how did you, how did you find those lakes that you wanted to be in? What was your fishing experience like? Was it great? Was it? Um, so we did get to fish both times. Uh, we got to fish more the second time. Um, and I would say that both times were, were fantastic. Um, we don't, we didn't, uh, really get into fly fishing when we were up there. Right. We, we like, we love to Northern pike fish. Yeah. So, um, I've never caught a Northern and it is so much fun. It is. I mean, they're feisty critters, aren't they? They're aggressive. They hit hard. Um, and like, so the second time we went up there, we, we got to, we had a lot more time to fish and uh, we were in this one little bay and I had tied into one and we had already dropped all of our gear off. So the thing is, is that the canoes are so light that you tie into one of these things and it pulls you all over the, I mean, we were that whole bay. We were just, we were getting dragged by this fish while I was fighting the fish. Um, So yeah, I mean, it's so much fun. And that's the first time I've ever caught a Northern out of a canoe. Because typically we're in like, you know, big old Lund or a right. bass boat or something like that up in Canada. Yeah. And this time it was, you know, this little light canoe and we were just getting, it, it was a lot of fun. So, um, but I would say walleye, northern, uh, there's a lot of bass fishing up there. Yeah. Um, That's what I'm, I'm excited about, the smallmouth fishing and stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of bass fishing. We didn't, we, we like to target, I mean, we specifically t- went up there targeting Northern. Northern. That's all. Yeah. That's the only gear that we took. Yep. The only, you know, bait and stuff like that. Absolutely. So, um, but that's for us. And I would say the second year, we probably didn't take as much tackle with us um, as we did the first year. The first year, we just, we took all of this tackle. And then you realize that you have to haul all of that tackle on your, you know what I mean? On your back. On yeah. your back. So, um, we got to the point where we're like, okay, we knew that we liked this, you know, these spoons and, and these foxtails and, and, and this, you know, frogs for the like morning top water, top water or something like that. Yeah. 
So we just took take multiples of those because they're you're out in the middle of nowhere. So right. you're gonna lose them. We, we, you're gonna lose them. The first year we lost. Yeah, you know, she tied into this huge northern, and there we were on this lake that had a bunch of shark uh, sharp edged rocks, and you know it rubbed up against one of those rocks, and next thing you know it was gone. Wow. So, uh, and then but that was the only one, and it it was a foxtail that it was like a red and black, and we had. We'd had a lot of success on it so to that point, and then it, but it was the only one that we brought. What a bummer! Right, so what you know a I mean? bummer, so next man. thing it was, it was gone. You're bringing everything, multiple so, colors, multiple sizes, right. all kinds of stuff. So I mean, and that's how we liked it. How we did it the second time, we just brought a bunch of the same thing. Uh, some, or, not a bunch, but like two or three. You know, you knew you knew what was going to work. I right. mean, you had an idea of what works in those different lakes, and that's. Right. Great. Uh, you know, right. I mean, you have the experience. And so you kind of knew what you were getting into a little bit. Right. Exactly. And I would say as far as uh, choosing your outfitter, there there are. So we went out at Ely both times. Yep. Um, it was interesting. So we went through a different outfitter both times, actually, though. So the first time I'm trying to think of the name of the outfitter. You can look it up here. But uh, it, anyway, we, we went through the, uh, this one outfitter. And there, we didn't really necessarily like the gear that they had available to rent right. as much. We we liked their canoes. Uh, the canoes were the Source River canoes, which we really yeah. enjoyed. Um, and they, but they were, but the rest of the gear was, eh. I mean, it was like, I mean, as far as for me, like I love my big Agnes, and I love, yep. you know, I mean, I'm pretty particular on like what kind of brands and stuff you like that. You put a lot of time and research and effort, and right? And even make your own stuff. Right. I mean, we talked about, did you end up making that teepee? Is it finished? It's not yet. It's still in the making. <laughs> it's getting there. Right. So, um, but we, uh, so, you know, I look at their gear and I'm like, eh, I don't like their gear as much, but they were so knowledgeable when it comes to the fishing side of things. I gotcha. And, and I really, I mean, they were super nice. Uh, both outfitters were, were great. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like they were really strong on the fishing side of things. Okay. And the second outfitter that we went, through wasn't as knowledgeable on fishing but their gear was outstanding i loved all the the gear that they had um and they had different canoes as well and and i kind of wanted to try different canoes they had north star canoes with the second one uh just there's and there's i still i still want to try the winona's um i forget what the other there was another brand that we really liked but anyway they uh so i think going through a an outfitter, you know, they can, depending on which one you go through, they can really push guide. you one way or another. Right. And so, um, we had kind of looked at like even, uh, campsites. So we kind of looked at, um, what campsites we wanted to go to, but we weren't, we, we didn't research it that much. So, um, you know, when we first got there, he got this map out and, or the map, our map that we had brought with us, and he'd gone through and he had circled. I was like, this is a really good one. This is a really good one. If you can get to these on the this lake. Because we, ha- we had it mapped out to where like, okay, by this day we wanted to be here. By this day we wanted to be here. Uh, this day we wanted to be here before. So like we, right. we essentially took a three-day trip out of this book and made it a four-day trip. So that way. Which gives you some extra time. It g- gives us an extra time because we didn't know what the portages were going to be like. But we, it also gave us extra time if we wanted to go fishing and stuff like that. Right. So um, we told him, like, this is where we want to be by by this time. And 
He's like, okay, well, you know, look for this. This is a really good campsite. This is a really good campsite. Yeah. And they can also tell you where, like, if there's any bear sightings. Um, the, that, that's an important thing. That's important. You probably want to know that before you get going out there. Right. So um, we uh, we never saw any bear. Now the second time we were out there, we tell the audience your bear story. Well, it, so it's pretty funny. Yeah. Basically, we were so on our last uh, campsite. It was it was a gorgeous night. We um, this full moon, everything like that. We were on Lake Agnes. Okay. And basically, it was our last night, beautiful full moon. On the other side of the lake, there was um, two campsites. And um, one campsite, we could, we, had, we were over in that area fishing. And we can tell that they had been, been camped out there for a while. Um, and then there was one a little bit closer to us. And I don't know how, I think they had just gotten in that night. So anyway... We're sitting there and we're all kind of like migrating towards our tents, uh, and all of a sudden you hear these this pot and pan just like banging together, just bing, 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 and we're like, "What was that?" And next thing you know, I mean, it, it's dead quiet out there. I mean, yeah, you, the only thing you can hear is like the loons and uh, and yeah. Right. Oh yeah. So it's dead quiet, and all of a sudden you hear this shoe bear, shoe bear, like just. <laughs> All the way, I mean, it's being yelled across, across the, the lake. lake. So we're, uh, you know, we we kind of like start looking at each other like, oh my gosh, you know, there's there's a bear over there that they're fighting. And then you could, so the bad thing was, is the, the site that we were on, we had done, we had read all these reviews and we knew that there was an actual blueberry, um, a, a wild blueberry patch next or close to our campsite. Right. So we were worried about, you knew, you knew what was up. Yeah. So we knew that maybe there were bear close to us too. Not to mention that going, so the portage going into this lake, we had seen, we had seen some bear track. We'd also seen some wolf track. Oh, Um, it was pretty interesting. Uh, There was a guy that we had run into that was, had gone back out and they said that that was actually in front of us. Um, They had said that they had uh, ran, this guy said he ran across a, a wolf on the trail. Whoa. He said that basically the trail was kind of going up and down. He would get up to the, he got up to the peak. He was carrying the food bag. So he gets up the peak of one hill and the hill that he could see on the other side, he sees this wolf over there. So he turns around and starts walking back the other way. Yeah. So he'd get, he'd walk down the valley, come back up to the next peak. He'll look back. The wolf was on the peak that he was just on. And basically he followed him all the way back to the other lake where wow. his buddy was still at. And uh, so they got, he said, according to him, he it basically backed him up all the way into their canoe, and they got back out on the water until it finally went away. I talked to an outfitter about that. He said that that area is had the largest like timber wolf like pack in the in the area, but he said I had never heard of anything like that before to where that's crazy. They had you know what I mean, like backed him up to the canoe, right? Typically, they're more scared of us than anything else, right? So. But so I knew that this area had a lot of wildlife in it for the most part. But so anyway, we, we heard this, the bear, you know, getting into these campsites and it had gone, it, it was going on for quite a while. Um, one of the people in our group was yep. pretty scared of bears. So uh, <laughs> we, <laughs> we were giving them a kind of a hard time, but we also knew that 
I mean, that, it's a very that, real possibility it's, it's that a, he could end up in your camp. Right. Well, so the only good thing is, is the, where we were at on the far end, there was a, a river going out. So there was no good spot for them to really cross right. to get over to our side of the lake without walking a long ways. So we, we, I wasn't too concerned about it getting into our campsite. Not that it, it couldn't. I mean, it, it could very easily. Um, but we, uh, it got into both campsites because we could hear him. I mean, it kept going and then went into a different one. So when we left that night, we were talking to, we got into, uh, we caught up with one of them because one of them had just come in that weekend for the weekend. The bear had stolen all of their food. Oh, so, no. So they had to turn around and, and leave. And head back out. And head back out because they didn't have any food. So we were talking to them. Like, yeah, we, I mean, it, it didn't, it walked right by us. It didn't, it didn't want anything to do with us. It just went straight for the food. He knew. He, he knew what was up. Yeah. I know so, what's in that food bag. Exactly. So he, uh, so, and the, I don't know what happened to the other, I didn't talk to the other guys. Wow. But uh, the bear, I mean, it is very prevalent. After talking to the outfitter, they said that was actually the, the very first bear sighting that they had really heard all season. Really? Yeah, and we went in September. We usually typically go right after Labor Day. And so okay. um, we liked that time because the, the nights are a little cooler. Yep, the and, bugs probably aren't as bad. And the bugs aren't as bad. Uh, you That's know, one thing I'm like, yeah, kind of nervous about. I was going to say, you're going in July, you're going to be look for like, and I don't know, we didn't go in the spring or in the, in the summer. Look for like, they have like a, a I think it's a black fly. The uh, black fly hatch. Hatch yep. that is really bad. I've seen that. So I think s- that is more towards June. Okay. I'm not sure, but I've, I've kind of looked a little bit. Say, look at that. Talk. That was the first thing I looked for. Go, you know, whatever outfitter you're going to go through, call them. Say, hey, look, this is the time frame I'm looking at. You know, this is the areas I'm going through. You know, what is this? Is there a black? I, I've heard about this black fly hatch, you know, right. or mosquitoes and stuff like that. You know, what's is this a bad time, good time? What's your thoughts? And see what and see what they say because they they do that every year and they know the area better than anybody does. So they'll be able to tell you, oh yeah, yeah, you know that'd be a good time. Or as long as you're renting something through them, they're they're usually they're going to help. They're going to help you. Yeah. So like I said, whether it be a canoe or uh, or not, so. Right. Uh, Awesome. Yeah. Well, I think we better wrap this one up. Yeah. Uh, we can kind of get back with you guys about some different gear and stuff that Tyler and I are using. He and I kind of geek out on this stuff. We do a lot of research and love to talk about gear. So yes. we'll have to save that for another podcast. And uh, we're looking forward to it. Uh, this yeah. is going to be a great trip. And thanks, Tyler, for kind of. Rambling. Telling, yes, rambling, telling us <laughs> how to do this, uh, where to start, because this is a new adventure for me, but I'm really, really excited about oh, it. It's it's awesome. You you won't. It, it, for for Carly and I, it's one of those things where we want to get back like every year if we can. Yeah. And the last couple of years, we haven't been able to. We probably won't be able to this year, but uh, it is it is well worth it. You will. Uh, in my mind, I don't want to go anywhere else. And, right. Right. Yeah, it's like sacred ground, I feel like. Yeah. And I don't know I don't know how much longer this resource will be available to us. I don't know if you've heard anything about it, but there the government has approved a copper sulfide mine yes. right on the edge of the Boundary Waters Canoe area. Yes. And so uh, if I don't know a whole lot about copper sulfide, but what I do know is it's very very bad for the environment. Yeah. And we might see 
some serious detrimental effects from that in the next few years. So I'm I am really wanting to get out there before that goes in. Yeah, definitely. There is a on like Instagram. Uh, I think it's Save the Boundary Waters. Yep, uh, I've seen that. It's a website. Um, there is a couple that uh, they actually spent the year in the Boundary Waters to raise awareness of the right. of the mining process. Um, and then they did a trip basically from, I think it was from Ely all the way to Washington, D.C. Um, they, they biked, they, they did some sailing and stuff like that, um, with a canoe. They, Is that like, the Freemans? The Freemans, yes. Yeah. Um, so look up the Freemans. You can uh, find them on Instagram at Freeman Explore. Yeah. Get on the Save the Boundary Waters. It's Save the BWCA is, yep. their, is their Instagram handle. Yep, definitely. So they have a lot of great resources that I've looked into and yeah. Tyler's used, I'm sure. Definitely. I mean, the waters are so pure. I mean, on, on the last note, one of, the, like, one, one of my favorite things that I, I always talk about whenever we went up there, one of the small lakes that we went through actually had salt or uh, freshwater jellyfish. Wow. And I didn't even know that those existed. Uh, we, we had done a little bit of research. Uh, on, we had seen something about it on one of the, um, the blogs that we were reading about, about that route. And uh, we weren't really sure. But once we got on there and you look down and you see these little things floating. That's it's, crazy. It's, it's amazing. But, you know, something like this could potentially harm the water enough to where stuff like that isn't available. All right. Well, I think we better wrap this one up and, uh, Tyler, thanks for doing this. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, you can find us at the all American outdoor podcast on Instagram, on Facebook. You can search the all American outdoor podcast, or you can find us on our website at all American outdoor podcast.com. You can also find us on YouTube, search the all American outdoor podcast. We are really excited to bring you some more of this gear talk and boundary waters, planning as it as it comes along yep look us up so yeah that is a wrap all right